0: Hey there and welcome to Isometric, gaming discussion from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz and I am joined by my wonderful panel, as always, uh, head of development at Giant Space Cat and one of Den of Geek's 25 most awesome women in gaming, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crack-a-lackin'? You're sticking with crack a I am. I'm this, gonna, is this, I'm this, your, gonna is this your new, your new catchphrase? Is that I, I
1: thought about it, and I'm like, how can I make sure people know it's me
0: every week? And I, I thought about it for a long time, and that's what I came up with. <laughs> I, I think maybe you should try out, like, Bomb Diggity once in a while, just to change things up. That yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I will bring innovation to the show.
0: Uh, we're also here is Assistance Games Editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie?
2: I'm doing pretty good, Steve. I'm glad we made it to episode two.
0: Yeah, we we didn't we didn't get canceled after the first episode. We did and, not uh, get
2: canceled. And
0: threatening to have my me having Fingers sex. Fingers so
2: crossed. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and we have a reviewer from Imore and host of the Zen and Tech podcast, uh, Georgia Dow. Welcome, Georgia.
3: What's crackalackin? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all tonight. Oh, Georgia man. I've been,
2: <laughs> throw down. I've been,
3: I've been thinking about it for weeks and I figured I should put myself apart from everyone else so they know right. exactly who I am right <laughs> at the beginning.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: and I'm just troublema- I'm a troublemaker wherever they, there's a reason why, you know.
0: I'll be the first one voted off this podcast. I think you guys are gonna have to settle this with like a game of peggle to uh, decide who gets to keep crackle lacking. I love I'm, peggle. I'm, I'm oh,
1: <laughs> I have put an unhealthy amount of my life into peggle. Like I'm talking at least two thousand hours.
0: So
3: whoa, I'm a, yeah. I'm a recovering peggle addict.
0: Bree is actually just the owl from that game at this point. So,
2: <laughs> listeners, you are <laughs> tuning into Pegglecast 2014. Uh, this is news about all the top Peggle competitors, and we're going to get into it. Yeah, That's right. We uh, got Bree. We got Georgia. That's it. We're actually playing Peggle right now. <laughs> We all are, in our minds. That's right, that's
0: right. <laughs> all right, so why don't we do some follow-up from last week, and then we can get into all the fun stuff that happened this week. So we were talking about, when we were talking about Nintendo and how they're completely screwing the pooch, <laughs> uh, we we got into a discussion about Bayonetta and whether that was actually Bayonetta 2 and whether it was actually going to come out or not. And apparently, uh, both Bayonetta 2 and Hyrule Warriors, which we didn't talk about, are both going to get release dates in Japan over the summer. What? So that's... That's good news. I'm actually, I forgot about Hyrule Warriors. I'm actually really excited about that, even though I don't really play the Dynasty Warriors games all that much, but, uh-huh. you know, in any port in a storm at this point, but. <laughs> We don't need to. We don't need to get back into that again. But are, do you guys feel better that at least we know that Bayonetta Two is, has a shot in hell of coming out?
2: I actually do feel better. Is that weird? <laughs> is that sad? <laughs> I sleep a little better at night now, knowing that Bayonetta Two is coming.
1: It's. I'm very <laughs> invested in the mythology of Bayonetta, so just knowing that I'll get to know the the next part of that very important story, it's it, it means a lot to me.
2: <laughs> I rewatched the Bayonetta Two trailer a little oh bit God. earlier yeah. today because
1: I. I was just so excited it's it's a very old trailer at this point they should probably put out another one but i just yeah. i hope for this game they're not going to do that do you remember when you played it and they did this thing where they would just freeze the character and not lip sync and the camera would just move around them for the cutscenes? Yeah. like do you remember that yeah, cut i'm scenes. still bitter about that <laughs> so basically we're hoping that a
2: bit gets cleaned up this time right. around as one would hope for any sequel but you, right you
0: guys are actually going to get me to play this game at this point because i did not oh, yeah. I know
2: one. i'm like my standards are low i just want the <laughs> game to come out <laughs> <laughs> but i saw i saw i was watching the video
3: and it is absolutely really kind of steampunk mm-hmm. um femdom really cool like it looked really like an interesting fun uh, nothing
2: too serious game. I'm cool with that. And it's also co-op, yeah. right? We've got that other... Oh, I love the yeah. idea that it's co-op. Isn't Any it? game that's is that, that still is confirmed that it is co-op? I should know this. But they've still got two women in the trailer. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I think there were some co-op rumors on this game. Yeah, there, there cool. is.
0: There's two-player mode. Uh, they just said that there's a two-player mode. That's all that they've said.
2: I am so. excited to try and fail to get
1: my boyfriend to play it with me.
0: Yeah, I doubt it'll be online co-op because Nintendo, but <laughs> yeah. at least, it, you yeah. know, and anything is better than nothing. You don't
1: want to be friends with the kind of people on Nintendo's Wii U that
0: are going to be wanting to play <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for the Miiverse drawings to come out about this game. That's going to be fantastic. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> what are the stamps going to be? That's going to be great. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about if I'm so excited about
3: Hyrule Warriors, just because I love Zelda games, but I never actually played Dynasty Warrior, like none of them.
0: I think I tried to play it once and like yeah. one of the early ones, and I just never got very far. But I would give it another try if it was Link kicking ass in a, in a game like that. I, w- I would.
3: Though, though, I have to say that the music that Keck McCoy makes for the like it's just wait here we go. It's like '80s rock. Oh man, I love that
2: stuff. <laughs> I want the music. They should do the music though. Either way, that would be fun. Especially if it was still like in the Zelda aesthetic or used the same melodies from Zelda games, but 80s metal style.
0: Yeah, like if Zelda, if they took the, uh, the Zelda music and did it like F Zero X style. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh. It could be pretty amazing. <laughs> so fingers crossed.
0: So, unless uh, exciting news about Nintendo. So, they, they did eventually apologize about the Tomodachi life oh thing God. for real. Mm-hmm. Not just I'm sorry you're offended, but an actual real apology. I guess their PR person sobered up <laughs> over the weekend.
2: Or they hired a new one. <laughs> right. Yeah, right.
0: or he got back off the plane and realized that somebody else had, had uh, done something yeah. very, very bad. <laughs>
2: I think that the apology was a
3: good one. I have to say, like, if they had done this in the first place, right? Yeah. I think that they would have gotten away from having such bad press. Yeah, yeah what definitely. a genius PR
1: move. We're sorry we weren't super diverse this time. We'll do better. Yeah, like, right.
2: wow. It's like that's they, that's all genius. you have to do. It's right. that Right. right.
3: And said so, like, it, it's unfortunate. It's it's too much of a change for us to, to be able to patch. Yeah. But the next time if we release another game, we'll fix I, it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't buy that. <laughs> but I appreciate that they said they cared and that they would take it into consideration. And I, I think that this is the best possible response. And I'm glad to see companies starting to get that.
3: You're right. They said we pledge pretty easy. (laughs) We pledge that if we create a next installment of the Tomodachi series, we will strive to design a gameplay experience from the ground up that's more inclusive and better represents all players.
1: So, Maddie, I have a side question for you. Because you as a journalist deal with a lot of marketing and PR people. Uh Like, what do you how do you find like can you read that statement again, Georgia? How do you find (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We pledge that if we create a
3: next installment of the Tamadachi series, we will strive to design a gameplay experience from the ground up that's more inclusive and better re- represents all players.
2: I actually think blink, blink. That, that second clause is really great. Yeah, Maybe yeah, there's yeah. some part of it that I'm not seeing, but the phrasing from the ground up that is more inclusive is right. I'm not sure if that's just a translation, but I even if it is, it's <laughs> whoever translated it did a great job because the wording there implies that there's something irrevocably wrong with the game as it stands. Right. And that it needs to be changed completely. Which it doesn't understate the extent of the apology. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Uh-huh. So I, I yeah. actually think the wording there is really spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah and I saw uh, there was a there was an article that somebody posted. I was complaining about this online as I do. And there was somebody <laughs> gave me an a link to an article that I'll put into the show notes that goes into some of the complexities when you're doing database design with a certain assumption that you have a you know a heterosexual marriage and then trying to hmm. retrofit that mm-hmm. behind the scenes in the database. And it did seem kind of compelling because there's a lot of intricacies that you get into when you start expanding that out if you didn't design for it ahead of time. So yeah. I kind of will give them a little bit more of a pass on it. It would be nice if they at least tried to patch it because this is 2014, but, you know, I can kind of give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that if they designed the database in a certain way, they could have really screwed themselves yeah. by having, by trying to, to put this in after the fact.
2: I'm kind of willing to give them a pass because I know they're probably hurting for money and time right now. Right, right. So they're probably just like, gosh, we don't have the people to do this right now.
3: They'll They'll probably just get around it by not making a next installment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was my thought when I saw it, actually. Because <laughs> i like, if we do if we do another one, then we'll do it, okay? And then we'll never hear this story. That would be pretty
2: again. out of character for Nintendo, though, because they so, are the king of the next installment, right?
0: Yeah. I mean. Right? No, it wouldn't be out of character for them to not localize a sequel to a uh, to a popular game, like I don't know, Mother Three.
2: <laughs> but I think that if this game does well, and it already seems to be picking up a lot of steam here, then they the it, we'll see it happen for some really years. because I. I've seen people talking about this game everywhere, and maybe it's just because my friends like this kind of thing. I know a lot of people who like Animal Uh Crossing as well, which is sort of a similar aesthetic. Um, So maybe that's just the people I know, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, by the way, Maddie, were you excited that you can now play as the female villager from Animal Crossing and Super Smash Brothers?
2: (gasps) I actually didn't know about that, (laughs) but now I'm excited (laughs) because that's really cool. I'm, yeah. a, I was, I'm just excited for straightforward stuff like the Wii Fit Trainer. I'm just excited for Super Smash in general, actually. I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited. glad I could
0: brighten your day a little, a little bit with that. that. No,
2: that's kind of cool. I I know that they don't have that many women to pull from. And um I th- I don't think we covered the Zero Suit Samus thing last time and I don't really want to but there have been some rumors that <laughs> she'll get a Bayonetta skin which sort of explains Aww. her redesign which kind of makes me think um maybe just put Bayonetta in and axe right, Zero yeah. Suit Samus from the game I would have been fine
0: with that because you've oh, already really? got
2: you've already got armored Samus you're fine. Like, just have another woman in there who's like a new character. That'd be really cool.
0: Yeah, but that's but, their thing. They do they do adult link and Toon link and sixteen other types of links and baby Mario and grown up Mario.
2: I frankly could care less about link. the sixteen <laughs> links, and I yeah, I don't know.
1: But wait, did you say naked link? Uh, you did. There's, I there's... can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> I want naked link. Naked
2: link right? isn't canonical, but he could be, and he should be. <laughs> Anyway.
1: Equal
3: opportunity.
2: So there's going to be a zero suit link um, scan <laughs> in the game. Let's start rumors. That's, that's confirmed. Not quite confirmed. <laughs>
1: you heard that I from think Paste think we're
2: Magazine. See a confirmation yes. of that later this week. Fingers crossed, right. everybody. All
0: Just right. zero suit all the things.
1: <laughs> zero suit uh, Gannon. I'm looking forward to that. Oh. And we have oh, problems yeah.
2: with the zero suit panda. We do.
1: <laughs>
2: I would play as a zero suit panda for what it's worth. That would be adorable. I think that the
3: clothing-suited panda is actually the creepier of the two versions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You you just drove the conversation straight <laughs> no. into a wall. You so we'll talk to you gonna... all next week. Thank you for joining us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nobody's looking at each other in the eye right now. No. It's It's all kind of <laughs> awkward. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're all picturing it. We're all very upset
0: all right well let's move away from pandas and then let's do it so so harmonics did a whole blog post about why they were bringing amplitude to kickstarter and oh it it sounds like they shopped it around to a lot of places and nobody wants to take the risk on a kind of a niche a niche game which it really is Uh and apparently uh, they're matching or they're saying that they're getting close to matching the amount that they're trying to raise from Kickstarter. So if they do, if they do end up going forward with this, they're going to be taking a pretty substantial risk on their own. But apparently it's a million and a half is more money than they have on hand and they can't get anybody to fund it. So, yeah,
1: Mm. I mean, last time we were talking about this at giant space cat on Friday and it wasn't, it wasn't doing so well. Yeah. I'm looking at it's four days to go and they've got, you know, less than uh, $340,000. So, um, this is looking suboptimal for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll, you know, it'll get a lot of attention in the last couple of days. I'm still really excited about it. But, you know, well, well, when we
1: happens. did our Kickstarter, we learned that um, typically, if it gets down to the last few days, and it looks, if it's within like three-fifths of the goal, it will typically make it that far. But in this case, it's like that close. And it hasn't even made it to half. Basically, people want to back something it feels like a winner if you look at the statistics behind what gets funded and what doesn't so i don't know this isn't looking so good to me
0: well they uh and they're they're not having a really great week to begin with because of uh what we're going to talk about next which is the big news of the week Uh which is that microsoft has pretty much killed the connect (laughs) which they haven't officially killed it if you ask them they're Giving you a lot of corporate speak about, well, we're hoping that people are going to buy the Xbox One without it and then upgrade to the Kinect when they, when they have the money for it or whatever. But the, uh, the the crux of the matter is that starting in June, they're going to be offering a version of the Xbox One for $400 without the Kinect, which is more or less what people have been asking for ever since the Xbox One was announced way back before E3. And, and certainly when they announced the $500 price point at E3. And so this pretty much is going to put the Connect out of its misery. Because there really hasn't been anything for it. it except for what, like, Connect Sports Rivals? Is that the game that just came out that was kind of meh? Mm-hmm. And uh, Harmonix apparently didn't know until the, the announcement came out. Because they had a couple of tweets from some of the people high up. Which were kind of like, well, great, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, so which is kind of I mean given that Harmonix is the only company I think that's really making anything for the Kinect that's not owned by Microsoft. I think that Rare was the big the big studio that was pretty much exclusively for Kinect games and I think Twisted Pixel... I mean Twisted Pixels definitely done some stuff for the Xbox 360. I don't know if they were working on anything.
1: Didn't Microsoft buy them
0: they last did. generation? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. They did. And and the Gunstringer was pretty much one of the only games for Kinect that was worth playing in my opinion. Right. Uh, but it would have been nice for Harmonix to not have found out about this from from Twitter. It's kind of like breaking up with somebody via text message. Is Th- this going to help the Xbox? And let me ask you guys,
1: am I the only person here that owns the Xbox One?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. I think you are. I,
2: I want one. I just, I think I'm the most financially challenged person on this <laughs> podcast. So I, I, no, but I've been seriously weighing whether to get the PS4 next or the X-Bone. Right. And um, <laughs> I am on. It, have honestly been leaning towards the PS4. Today I watched that Destiny trailer again, got really pumped about it. Uh-huh. Um, I was hanging out with a friend who has a PS4, watching him play some games. And so I was kind of feeling it today. But but I mean, you know, without the Connect, it's a little more affordable for me. So right. it's it's tough. But I also know that, Without the Connect, I wouldn't be able to navigate the menus with the power of my own voice, right? Which is really cool. I hear it it's really is quite awesome. Fun, so. It's <laughs> the
1: best part of owning it, and I, I didn't think it was going to be great at all because Siri is so, yeah, you know, mediocre on mm-hmm. the iPhone. But it is really cool to like come down home after a day of work and plop down on the couch and say Xbox on launch Titanfall. It's really awesome. And to have it, like, recognize your face and sign you in, like, when you pick up the controller. I have really liked the Kinect features of the Xbox One personally. I think it's the re- the thing that really makes it
0: stand out from the PS4. So, See, I think that being, having three small children who uh-huh. are never quiet ever, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, the Kinect having voice control is, like, the one thing that would push me away from it because right, I right. remember when we used to watch Netflix on the 360 and then all of a sudden I'd have to come in and save the day because somebody had gotten it to slow-mo through whatever they were watching (laughs) because they happened to say the wrong magic word that day and all of a sudden nobody can figure out how to get Netflix to work anymore and I could only imagine like being in the middle of a Titanfall match and and my daughter would come in and just say Xbox off and that would be the end of it
1: well, you have to confirm it after after that. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I don't know. It's a it's a good innovative feature. It's really cool when you like when I got Titanfall. I didn't have to like install a disc or put in a code. I just held this card up to the camera, and boom, it's in my library. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's um. I think it's a good move by Microsoft. But I also think that that's where most of the inner- innovation was you know, for the Xbox One, this generation.
2: Yeah, and even though the game that Harmonix is developing now that they're upset about with regard to the Connect, the, the game that we talked about last time, where you uh-huh. get to conduct an orchestra, Fantasia. Fantasia, right. Even though that game doesn't really appeal to me, I feel kind of like I should have given it a shot. I don't know. I just feel
1: guilty about it. Did <laughs> you not get in on the beta? I mean, no, I didn't. But I don't, I mean,
2: I'm kind of like... If I'm going to get an Xbox One, I don't think I would get it without the Kinect. But that's just because of my position personally in the industry. Uh It doesn't seem like that's a logical purchase for me. But if I weren't a journalist, I would probably be jumping on this deal. You Uh know, like I I think a lot of people will. Because if you don't have some specific reason, like, oh, I want to be able to play such and such when it comes out or i really want to be able to get the full experience here just so that i know what it's like if i weren't in that position i don't think i would want to spend the extra money on
0: it huh well there's also the point that playstation plus has been kind of giving out a a ps4 game every other month ever since they launched and i I, because i'm in the same boat like i'm i've been advised that i am getting a next-gen console hopefully for father's day and I've been, I haven't really wavered from wanting the PS4 only because I, I have PlayStation Plus and every month they give me a game and so I know I'm going to have it's the same reason that I've been on the fence about buying a Vita even though I'm, I don't really need it is because I know I have all these games waiting for me so it's almost like, well, I could buy an Xbox One and start from scratch or I could buy a PlayStation 4 and even if I don't buy anything I still mm-hmm. have a whole bunch of games that's already going to be downloading as soon as I log into my PlayStation Plus account
1: but the PlayStation Plus games currently for PS four are not that great. I mean, they're just not. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean Towerfall Ascension is probably the best game on PS4 to play. And, you know, it's not on PlayStation Plus and it's fifteen dollars and sixteen bit graphics.
0: Right. right. So. Uh, but it, but that, that you're being logical. And I <laughs> and, <that's, laughs> and it's not I'll admit it's not a logical thing. But also Transistor's coming out next week, which is the other game that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, okay, so you games have I mean you have you have Forza, you have Titanfall, you have, you know, Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some really good games for Xbox 1.
3: I don't know, I'm probably the only one, but <laughs> but I I kind of get upset with the entire principle of it with PlayStation, they really came out and gave everyone what they wanted right away uh-huh. and tried to make it as user-friendly and you know, seem, at least, to care about the people that are going to be buying the games. Whereas when Xbox came out and they, they gave their press conference, it almost seemed like they were trying to strong-arm, like, you're stuck with us because we already know that you love our games, mm-hmm. and so you're going to have to follow our DRM, and the Connect is always going to have to be on, mm-hmm. and you're going to have mm-hmm. to maybe check in every 24 hours. And all of these things... I I do think that strong-arming the people that you then want to buy your products is probably not the best policy. And then the way that they just kind of went at it so, I don't know, Maddie, you could probably say it better, but just really very politically, oh, it has to be a part of it. It's integral. We can't
2: turn it off. We couldn't do this.
3: And then for them to kind of backtrack, it makes me think – I trust you less after that. Yeah, and I
2: totally agree. I read yeah. a lot of editorials about this at the time, like each round of denials <laughs> that they <laughs> made. Um, and I, I know it was controversial. And it definitely rubbed me the wrong way because I remember being really excited to get my 360 years ago and getting all the halos and all that. And I remember being mm-hmm. really into my Xbox. And, um, a lot's changed since then. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and um, now I think the Xbox has a very different connotation overall. It's very Mine. much associated with like this kind of jerk gamer. And I think that a lot of that was present in their branding. And I was like, this doesn't really appeal to me. I don't really like the direction that this is headed, just personally. And I don't think it's good business sense. Really? And I think that's really showed. Like, I was looking at the statistics this week for sales, and I wrote up a little nose post about it. Um, Xbox One's have been lagging behind the PS4's this quarter, or not quarter, this month, just in April. So I think a lot of these changes. Are a reflection of Microsoft saying, "Oh, it turns out that people really do think the Connect is expensive and maybe not worth their time." Whether or not that's true it's, is another matter. Yeah, but um, right, and right. also they they went back on a lot of their other decisions during that time. But it's not even that it's it's really expensive, which it does. $100 is a huge amount
3: of difference when you're talking about it being like one-fourth of the price mm-hmm. or one-fifth of the price. But it's also like, you know, right after they came out saying the Kinect, it has to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, like Brie had said, like it can tell whose face is whose. Yeah,
2: some people don't like it it's on that,
3: all the time, you know. Then the NSA, <laughs> then the Snowden thing came out yeah. saying that the NSA is like watching everything. And everyone's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I have a camera that's on all the time and has to be (laughs) to to the internet, to my living room. I might be doing stuff in my living room that I really don't want the NSA to be monitoring. And it added that creep factor to, you know, how intrusive is tech into your home? You know, this connected life kind of thing, which kind of creeped me out a little. No,
1: I I think that's legit. I also think it's fair to say Microsoft has, you know, in the interim between, you know, when a lot of the stuff was decided, they've had a new CEO and they're, actively trying to move into a new direction. So maybe it's a new Microsoft. Um, I also have to say this week, I was talking to friends of mine at Harmonix, you know, some of whom worked on Dance Central 3. And uh, Maddie, have you played Dance Central? You seem like the kind of person would also really like Dance Central. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, But the last one didn't sell super well. So I think it's like what are the games that are coming out for this? Like I
2: think this is kinda similar to the rock band problem where they right. kept coming out but they weren't offering it was hard to offer something more. And they kinda right. tried that real instruments thing for a little bit Ugh. there and oh, i remember it that. just yeah. didn't quite catch and i i think dance central is sort of having the same problem where people are uh-huh. like well why do i need to buy the new one different songs okay yeah um, i already danced pretty poorly at the end <laughs> yeah, you know i had a hard enough time convincing my friends to come over and play dance central too why should i buy and so forth but um yeah so i i think that I don't want to say that they're running out of ideas, per se, because I don't know that that's fair, because Uh I really liked their original ideas. I just think that Harmonix is in a tricky spot when it comes to sequels, and there are just so many other companies that thrive on that. Being able to put out another sequel to Call of Duty or Halo or what have you, whether or, just or not Dance. it's quote unquote yeah. needed. <laughs> but I mean, I have the Just Dance sequels been
1: more successful? Oh, they're wildly successful. That is interesting. I but they're I also not at, limited okay. to
0: the Xbox. They're also on the on the Wii and the Wii that U. That could right. be what helps.
1: helps. Yeah, I mean, Just Dance is. I, I love EDM. I, I could have my own podcast about dance music. Mm-hmm. And I think those games are atrocious. Like <laughs> They offend me on every possible level. Like as a developer, <laughs> they offend me for the poorness of their motion sensing algorithms. Like it offends oh, me yeah. their tr- their song selection, <laughs> which is like the worst of pop music. Yes, I yes. mean, it, it's it's so bad. It's bad on a gameplay level. And, you know, apologies to friends I, think, it, Ubisoft, I think it's but, like, yeah. it's not for us, right? right? It's for right. like middle schoolers and, yeah.
2: you know, who are having awkward parties together and right. just, <laughs> fighting over people they have crushes on and awkward
1: You should dance. be writing right? the marketing copy I think that's just just the for just dance. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Maddie, stop talking about me like that. I'm getting offended.
2: <laughs> you know, George, I really hope you get a date to be... <laughs> Junior prom. I tell to the, you to the spring prom. Um, yeah. yeah. To the spring fling. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, so I, I don't think it's for us, right? I mean, it's it's not. But I, even even with that, I, I feel like I don't know. I, that's interesting that Just Dance is so popular. I have to oh, my that. God. It's crazy popular. I don't, I don't yeah. know as many people who are into it. I think well, maybe because know I know adults, a lot of harmonics right? fans, yeah, too, yeah. specifically, or people who have a soft spot for harmonics and are more likely to want to play something with the harmonics name on it. For that oh. reason, because it has kind of an indie cachet, at least here in Boston. Uh-huh. Just culturally, it's kind of seen as cool in a particular way. So, And you probably don't hang out with that many 13-year-olds. I don't, yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. I don't really run into many.
0: <laughs> You're better off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve knows a lot of 13-year-olds.
0: So. No, thankfully I don't, but I'm going to in Not about yet. six years. And then I'm just yeah. going exactly. to lock myself in the basement and hide. But I, I just, I, I'm curious, <laughs> did you guys happen to see this... Um, Game Informer got a hold of Microsoft's vision statement from 2010. Hmm. Did you guys happen to see that? No,
1: I didn't. Oh, Microsoft wrote a vision statement. That sounds full of information. I love yeah, so the phrase intrigued.
2: vision statement. It sounds like a new age. That's so
1: 2010.
2: Meditation.
0: Yeah. So they have they got a hold of this PowerPoint document that they put out right around 2010 and it kind of explains what they were and it it confirms that the Connect was like part of the design before the, the system actually existed mm-hmm. back when they were calling it the xbox 720 still they were very concerned about apple tv and, Go- and google tv which tells you about everything yeah. you need to know about microsoft that they all were right. concerned about google tv but they were concerned that video game consoles were not going to be enough to sell on their own at the moment and that's why they ended up building in uh building in blu-ray which you know was kind of needed but that's why they had all the tv and they had a a plan for whole room, whole house DVR, where you would record something on your Xbox and then be able to be to, uh, I guess, airplay it, or obviously it wouldn't be airplay because it's Microsoft, but airplay it to uh, your iPads or your probably your Surface Pro that yeah, doesn't my work. Surface Pro and uh, <laughs> so
1: Blu-ray and Surface Pro. But but it is, but it is kind value. of interesting
0: that, that they're not really BSing us about that. Connect was fundamental to the system because they were they were intending on including that and making it fundamental to the system before they even knew what the system was going to look like. And mm-hmm. I think that they felt like they needed to differentiate themselves from the other systems because they just didn't feel like game consoles were going to be able to sell in 2013-2014, which they were They were clearly wrong about because Apple hasn't really done anything with the Apple TV nope. other than half-heartedly come out with controller support for the iPad and, and the iPhone, which doesn't really work all that well from all reports. No. And then Google... Just hasn't done anything, so I, I guess the question is is this is this the end of like these gimmicky things for consoles no. No. like we, cause... no,
1: not as long as Nintendo's around well true I mean, yeah,
0: but it, it just seems like nintendo's not doing we we've we beat Nintendo to death, I don't want to go back there again but we, oh, man. with with the ta- oh. with the tablet
1: I have like a whole pile of Nintendo discs right here,
0: so. <laughs> Do you, want to just, do you want to just get a couple off your chest yeah. now so we can... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's the end of Gimmicks either, but not necessarily no. because of Nintendo, just because that's kind of how tech survives, right? Yeah. Keep... Though yeah.
3: we are more savvy than we used to be, right? Like, remember the Nintendo glove that would, like, electrocute people? <laughs> the, power the, glove? Glove? Power yeah, the Power Glove? The Power Glove It would
1: electrocute oh people. Oh my god, that just makes me want to buy is... one on eBay even more. <laughs>
3: that sounds great. I think they're pretty pretty. Which is bad. Now. But get one. It's bad. That's bad. You don't want to electrocute the people that are, you know, I guess they've already bought the glove and it doesn't matter. And the little robot. Yeah. You know, well, the, awesome. the original,
0: Rob, the robot had a purpose because that was right after the video game <laughs> crash and they, they couldn't sell a video game console. So they needed to have all those kinds of things just to be able to, to get people to stock them. They were basically saying, oh, it's not really a video game console. It's a toy. Here, look at the robot over here. Don't don't pay attention to the video games. Just look at the robot.
3: Well, I'm not going to be the one to diss Rob the Robot because he's adorable and I would want one just so I can put it in the back when I'm podcasting just to have a Rob the Robot. If you have a Rob the Robot that you don't want, send it to me. Why would anyone you know? not want their Rob the Robot? Oh, my God. He's
1: adorable. Gyromite. Everyone. Gyromite he's was ador- awesome. Everyone yeah. is yeah.
2: clinging <laughs> tightly to their Rob the Robots and keeping them No, no, no. Themselves. Give it to Georgia. Give it to Georgia. <laughs> It's going to be okay, but I think that we are more
3: discerning with what we spend our money on, because there's been so many things that are like gimmicky and don't work, or things that are even like, you know, ooh glass, and it's not like, you know yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like it could be, but it can't be. So when we're talking about gaming, we want something that's actually going to enhance our game that's Georgia, it,
1: I think there's a key word in what you just said, which was we are more discerning and i think like we're we're so close to it's so easy to forget like do you remember being 12 13 14 15 like these ages like do you remember Mm -hmm. when the super nintendo came out and i couldn't think about anything besides that or the genesis or i mean i bought a virtual boy like that's how did you really i did i did you were the Um, person I, I was the person to that, that, but my <laughs> there point was is, one sale and right was there was one It was me um, My point is there 's an entire generation of kids who have grown up in the longest console generation we 've ever had, and I think they are very eager for something new, which is why I think the p s four and the Xbox have sold so i don 't know I think that I think that there was even though the overall economy might be weaker than they had been hoping, I do think there 's a people out there that just want to upgrade for the sake of it.
3: I think that you're right. I think that there's a part of that that if, you know, my 13-year-old is dying for this, uh-huh. I'm going to shell out my hard-earned cash to buy it. But it would also depend on the price point. I'm not getting them a Google Glass for... a thousand five hundred dollars were oculus rift glasses though wants a google
2: glass oh no, my god I, no one wants
3: okay let me let me backtrack <laughs> right. no yeah. one wants a google glass that Let's is just... a
2: strange 13 year old who i want to meet <laughs> first of all i know i said earlier i don't meet 13 year olds often but i'm interested in meeting the one who wants a google glass if your 13 year old has a google glass right in right in the show
3: we will have them on the air <laughs>
0: I will tell you if it's a thirteen-year-old boy <laughs> who has Google Glass, you do not want to meet that thirteen-year-old boy. I kind of
2: do so that I no, can I do. really, I think I would too. Yeah. Or that at least would be an anomaly. Ask a few questions. <laughs> I do know how oh, to yeah. do that. Um, yeah, yeah. No, Google Glass is a whole separate. I the, we are a video game podcast, Georgia. I'm sure you talk about Google Glass all the time uh, elsewhere. But yeah, it's kind of. It falls under the same camp for some of these video game tech appliances in a way, right? It's kind of reminds me of the way that people talked about like the PlayStation (laughs) Move when it came out and the the PlayStation Eye, which I also had.
3: (laughs) I didn't um, have the PlayStation
2: Eye. What did that do? It allowed me to play games Badly.
1: (laughs) You know, in my attic here, I actually have six PlayStation eyes because you can wire them into Maya and use them as a cheap mocap studio.
2: Also, Sony's
3: awesome. I do. I have that in my attic. It's awesome. Okay, we need photos. Wasn't there that
0: card game for a while that, like, scanned in the cards with the PlayStation eye or something like that? What? I remember there was was some sort of, like, a trading card game they were trying to do with the PlayStation eye and you'd, like, take pictures of the cards with the eye and then they would go into the game and it probably sold like five units. Cause you'd have to get both the people who are willing to get into trading card games and who had a PlayStation eye. But I remember there was a lot of talk about that at one point, probably from like oh. the three people who were playing it.
1: Right.
2: the Three people who had PlayStation eyes. Yeah. I, yeah. I had six
0: of them.
1: So that's <laughs> I'm three, I'm many of those people
2: yeah (laughs) anyway um i I remember when everybody thought that move and motion (coughs) controls would be the thing and that was roughly around 2010 right so that's probably why xbox wanted to or microsoft wanted to be centralizing the Kinect so much because it seemed like that was the direction we were headed for a hot second
0: and Um, it sold well at the first year too it sold like 8 million units or something like that the first year and so they had no reason to think that that wasn't going to continue. And the games that were coming out initially were not not all of them were winners, but there were that was around when like the Gunstringer came out and Child of Eden and Connectimals and and they had a decent flow of games and then it they just ran out of ideas really really quickly. I, after that first year, I don't remember anything that was other than, you know, iterations of Dance Central and just dance right. that came out that was that was at all innovative beyond what they did with it the first year
3: yeah i have to say i used it mostly just for the dance games right. I,
1: <laughs> I mean if i can put I on my developer hat here for just a second like i mean i've taken apart the Kinect at like a fundamental cool level and like have hacked it and one of the things that a lot of people don't know about the Kinect one when it came out for xbox 360 is the original prototype for it had CPU and like things inside of it to you know interpolate these motion tracking points of your your body moving and at the last moment Microsoft decided to take that out and have it you know go through the cable and for your Xbox 360 to basically interpolate all this data, which is why it's not that accurate. So when it comes to you know the Xbox One, I admittedly haven't taken it apart, but I'm assuming they've upgraded the Kinect in some way. Whether you know the bus to the actual system is better, or you know there's processing going on inside of the system itself, I don't know how you guys feel, but when I've played Dance Central, it doesn't feel particularly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, when well, I've hacked it and tried to you know, hook bones up to it and mo-caps and stuff, it's not very accurate. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really disappointing because I'm hoping there's a system there, like a Dance Central 4 could come out and could, you know, be... Much more accurate at tracking your body. I mean, using using it is much better. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: th- I think I felt the same way. Like when I was dancing, I, I thought that the game wasn't really accurate in interpreting my dancing. But in retrospect, it's probably just because when I dance, I, I look like an electrocuted squirrel. It's probably me. <laughs> okay, in my, in my one, I to um, my Connect, but that's just me. I, so, I, I, it yeah. probably actually yeah. is me for mine. I, yeah. You know,
0: I, I I've had to be in the position of explaining to some very disappointed girls why the Connect was not. Working with them. Because oh. like, we got the Sesame Street games. <gasps> and the Sesame Ooh. Street. Once Upon a Monster was okay. We, that was difficult. But Double Fine I think had an idea. Of how to work with it. Because Connect Party which they did. Was the only game that, they pl- that my kids played. That they actually enjoyed. Oh. But we got mm-hmm. the Connect like, TV seasons. And just them. Trying to select an episode to watch. Was like a 15 minute endeavor. With crying and screaming. And they were upset too. And it was it was just brutal <laughs> because they I mean it, it you would think that it would be able to see a small kid but it doesn't
3: right it doesn't read small people very well it really doesn't uh, it's just I think that the, the hand to arm ratio it's it's too difficult to really tell and if there's anything in the way and if it's there's not a, a big difference in you know the the background to foreground. Um, and distance becomes a difficulty, and unfortunately, you know, where we placed it became a really big deal because we had the TV on the wall, and then there was like a railing, and then there was the couch, and so sometimes I was standing on top of the table because I'm kind of – I unlike Bree, I am – almost hobbit sized um, so it, it really didn't read my movements exceptionally well and then if someone were playing a game and then someone like you know swats away a fly suddenly it's like ooh do you want to rewind that do you want to slow down I'm like no I'm busy trying to dance here <laughs> yeah. so
0: when it, when it took like 15-20 seconds just to pause a game I think that was pretty much the be- the, the sign that things were not going so well huh. like that arm out at a 45 degree angle like that's never worked for me like the first time it always takes me like five tries to pause a game Right. Which is great when you're doing something that's not at all time sensitive, like trying to pause a game.
3: <laughs> so so Maddie, do you think that it not the Connect not being bundled, does that sign off into the death of the Connect?
2: I'm not sure. I'm, I I didn't know this about kids not being registered. This really throws a wrench into my theory that dance games are for middle schoolers. How are they going to play these games? <laughs> well, middle That's, schoolers
0: are like small adults. They'll probably be okay. I was okay. tiny
2: in middle school. Like Georgia, I'm also very short. I'm I'm about five feet tall. So I, I, as a middle schooler, sure wouldn't have been able to play. Not that anybody was inviting me to any hip parties at oh. that age. <laughs> um <laughs> But I have been be the same, had they been, I wouldn't have been able to play. It would have been a sympathy um. date for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't even... Uh, we can talk about that another day. But oh, I was highly be uncool. my psychotherapy show. I was highly yeah, uncool. I hear you, too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am concerned about this because I feel like uh, if I'm a parent and I don't have that much money and my kid has been begging and begging for an Xbox One and I'm like, you know what? It's finally cheaper now. I'm just going to get this one. And I am going to be interested to see... What happens? I I predict that the sales will go up with the Connectless Xbox One for families who couldn't afford it the first time around. That's my personal prediction. Just based uh-huh. on where our country is financially right now.
0: Yeah, and well um, and there's so no and there's no real use case for the Connect either. I mean well, there's no I, games out that it's are it's also like
2: if you're a parent and you don't know anything about it, you're like, Well, yeah. there's a big price drop and my kid really wants this, so I'm uh-huh. gonna finally get them this, right? I mean right. you yeah. aren't gonna think about the repercussions of not having Connect, you oh, might absolutely. not even know them. You know.
3: Well, Bree, as a developer, mm-hmm. not having it be automatically bundled. You know, does that lessen its appeal for you to make games for yeah, it? Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it makes the odds essentially zero. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm for real. I mean, if it's bundled in there, then you can you know, basically trust that that's going to. So. You know, be an API or framework that you can um, you know use in making the game. Uh, if it doesn't exist for everyone, like why am I going to go through and you know dedicate engineering time to develop features for that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's there's just no reason for it. Yeah, let's also remember that the PS4 has been very supply constrained. Um, I actually went out to like four stores in Boston trying to find one when I got my tax return this year, and just really couldn't find one. And then I ordered one from Amazon, it took quite a while to get here. Uh, The Microsoft, you know, Xbox One is not supply constrained. So I think you're going to find that really helping them in the marketplace. And I think it's kind of where they have to, you know, sacrifice a limb just so the patient can live because it's not (laughs) been selling very well. You know, that's a great analogy. You know, Microsoft. I mean, I hope I don't come off as an Apple fangirl here, but I mean, we've all used Microsoft products and they're just not the most well thought through interfaces. Like they often lack attention to detail. And like this whole fiasco is just the most Microsofty thing I've ever seen, you know? Hmm.
0: Yeah, but at least they're listening. I mean, at least they're they're starting to figure it out. It took them a year. Uh, Do you think that? Can I say yeah. something, Steve?
3: Can I say something to that? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, how sweet, Microsoft is listening. I take and I apologize if this sounds bitter, but I'm like they had to. They didn't have a choice. They were like you know they're getting their butt kicked. I think that when it's this much money and it's their it's their you know um, flagship product, they the the end is nigh if they didn't make any changes. And so they did it. If they had done it without you know right from the beginning when PlayStation came out and they decided you know they said you know what we're going to put people first. I you know I still think it's you know and. I understand every single company is going to look at their bottom line and whatever they think they can do that's going to increase that will be good for them. But I would love at least fake that you like me a little. (laughs) Um, I'm accepting of that. right?
0: (laughs) So let let me ask you this. So how do you feel about the other news that came along with this, that they are finally, after I I don't even know how many years, going to drop the Xbox Live Gold requirement to watch Netflix and Hulu and other video games and other other video streaming services. Thank God. I know it's like finally, right? It's like I mean and and I understand why it was when they first came out because when Netflix for the 360 came out, I think that was one of the only like non computer Mm -hmm. devices that it was streaming on. So it it really was was a differentiator. Right. And now like you (laughs) have so many devices to to stream Netflix on Uh that it's just been like an like a stupid thing for like we haven't we i dropped my gold subscription like nine months ago and we just stopped watching netflix on it and right. watched netflix on something else and that's the kind of thing that that makes me feel like that maybe they're finally listening because it doesn't really affect the bottom line as much and well, it's the kind of thing that it's like a no-brainer and everybody's been screaming at them for years to do it and now they're finally i think it's actually an
2: attempt to appeal to casual players yeah, I do too. In much the same way that getting rid of the Kinect is, and I appreciate it because, in this sort of Shaden Freud way, <laughs> it is the opposite of what they said at E3 that annoyed uh-huh. me so much. With all their branding of being like, we're really elite, we're the most expensive, we're only for super hardcore people that's the branding of all the games we're going to front load. We're going to front load mm-hmm. our really hardcore titles and we're not going to be for casual gamers. We're going to be for rich gamers who are really hardcore and that's it and we don't care about anybody else. And now they're like, oh wait, uh, we we do. Uh, wait, uh, we forgot about all of you and we're very sorry and we're going to get rid of all of that and uh, will you please buy our console? Uh,
3: mm. Yeah, like us again. Please, we care we about care you. We care
2: about you wanting to watch TV without spending a bajillion dollars on it and we care about your ability to afford our console and maybe you buy the connect upgrade on your next paycheck i don't
0: know
1: we'll if make they it, it work for you for it. <laughs> no i have to say this like when xbox live came out what year was that like um was that 2005 when the xbox 360 came yes, out was it, was it yeah yeah back in 2005 the idea of it was still kind of a, a sell back then, but like the idea of paying for you know basically a a, a player matching service yeah uh, you know for a hundred dollars a year, that was at least. A little bit more in the realm of feasible? Yeah, you know, where
2: I, it didn't feel that bad back then and maybe It didn't feel as
1: bad back then. It didn't feel then, bad now. because
2: like you could do the math and be like, Oh, that's right. not that expensive and it was kind of like during I think not Netflix existed and, sure. and whatnot. But um not it was kind way. of during yeah. the period of time when subscription services were starting, a hundred dollars a year didn't then and still doesn't really seem that bad to me because if you do the math it's
1: not that bad but well um, if you know yeah. how much server costs are to actually yeah, do the back end like, of these things know, yeah
2: back then it was worth it to be playing a lot of halo multiplayer a lot of gears right. of War multiplayer i mean it was completely a worthwhile cost to me and i mean i i think it still is but if you don't play a lot of those games multiplayer, then it's completely not worth it to pay for that to watch Netflix. Right, right. It's just not. It doesn't make any sense. And you kind of have to be realistic about who is playing your games and like what games they're buying and whether multiplayer is important to each one of those titles and yeah. so
1: forth. No, I couldn't agree more. Cool. Yeah, well,
2: I don't know. I don't think I get... I don't give them any...
3: Like, it's nice for them to do it, but because everyone can watch Netflix anywhere else, it's not yeah. like they did this as a real gesture of good faith, <laughs> oh. because, I, like, I, fine, you want me to do that? I just won't. I'm going to go somewhere else. I think that that's one of the great things with competition. I think that's the same reason that, you know, if if there wasn't a PlayStation, there was no way that Xbox would have done any of these things unless they are, already had their butts kicked and had people screaming and cheering When, you know, the PlayStation came out with the exact opposite of
2: policies than they had. You know,
3: they have this, I think they have a a real problem of perception of still being the um, old, you know, guy bureaucracy kind of feel to them. And I think it's kind of hard to shake that image once you've had it for so long. And at first it worked for you, you know, and then the, you know, commercials came up playing that down and, you know, the. The businessy suit kind of people that are buying these products, they want to appeal to the next generation of gamers. They're young. They want to be hip. They want the newest, greatest, and uh, they don't have that kind of money to be able to yeah, spend, you know, five hundred dollars yeah, yeah. on a system.
1: I just think the PlayStation's approach to you know getting you to pay a monthly subscription fee in the, you know with PlayStation Plus is such a better value, yeah. like yeah. for the people, and it's. It supports indies because the games that make it onto, you know, PlayStation Plus, yes, you have your Tomb Raiders, but you also have, like, um, you know, Dead Nation making it on there. And I just think, like, the value is there for the consumer. I think it's Mm -hmm. good because it gives... It lets people know if they spend $400 on a system, they're going to have a library right away. Um, right, I just that's think, so cool. I think the value is is so much there. I, I, I just think it's so much greater for the consumer there.
3: And that must appeal to you as like a developer because they're like, you know, we're going oh, to learn yeah. some games. Yeah. They're going to be tested out for free. Some people are going to get to know your product. And that's something that you can offer to a developer that... You don't get offered if people don't – like, you know, again, that's the problem of, like, the snake eating the tail is that if no one's heard about your game and you're not a big name already, how do you get out there and how do you get people to take you seriously – and so being able to just be placed and people are going to try it. and if it's fabulous more people are going to talk about it right
1: well um, and something so something i really it was, see but that's not the model that they go with on the on playstation plus and something i'm really going to struggle with on this podcast is trying to talk about stuff without <laughs> you know without talking about stuff without talking about stuff <laughs> but i can tell you that they sony will come to you and it's it's There's a certain negotiated price. It's not how many people download it. They will just flat out pay you X number of dollars to, you know... For them to be able to put it on the system there. So let's say you're an indie game shop. Like this works for two people. So let's say you are Square Enix and you put out Tomb Raider and your game cost a hundred million dollars to you know, make and you need to recoup X number of dollars. Well, Sony is going to give you that in a flat fee and then you know that you're recouping some of your development costs. Or they can come to you know a smaller studio like mine and give. me that fee and you know it absorbs my development costs it gets it out there it makes it you know bigger for the sequel um so you wouldn't make a certain
3: amount per download it's a flat fee altogether, as 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 it's been described to me
1: and not from sony so right so i'm not breaking nda so right
3: no (laughs) this is just a idea right
0: (laughs) <laughs> this is as people right. to have done it. Didn't the yeah. Thomas yeah. was a lone developer come out and say that his Steam sales actually went through the roof after he was featured on PlayStation Plus? Or no, it was it was when he released on the play, on the on the PlayStation Network? Right, because that kind of made him like legit a legit. And, right, and, and once he was on a console, he was legit. And then all of a sudden, people started buying his stuff on other on PC. Whereas exactly. before mm-hmm. his his sales, I don't think were terrible, but they weren't like they were once he was on the PlayStation Network. So right, there's some, there's some cachet to be involved to be. Uh, that is a hundred percent of the
1: reason why you know, GSK has looked at you know, being on these platforms. It's the exact same reason. Yeah. So.
0: so I guess that brings us into the other thing that we wanted to talk about today, which is this mm-hmm. uh this epic rant that oh, uh Barry Mead, who's the he's one of the heads of Fireproof. I know there's not there's not very many people in that studio. Fireproof is the the studio that mm-hmm. makes the room in the room two for iOS. And he went on this epic rant last week about Mobile is burning, and
1: free-to-play binds the hands of developers who want to help.
0: Yes, that is the title of it, and I'll link it in the show notes. And the the general thesis of his argument is that people are going free-to-play because they're trying to just get users, and then they think that if they go free-to-play, then they'll start racking up all these in-app purchases and be being like Candy Crush. And Candy Crush is more of an aberration than anything else. And Mm -hmm. when you look at how many people are actually paying... For anything on the App Store, and including in-app purchases, it's such a percentage of a percentage that you may as well not go that route and try to do something innovative and charge for it, and maybe you'll be a little bit more successful as opposed to trying to chase this free-to-play wave and then being caught in the in the surf when it finally comes crashing down. So, Bree, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> turn the turn the floor over to you. But
1: <laughs> you know, it's. <sighs> I, I run into so many, I run into two tiers of people like in my industry and one tier of people are the, yeah, you know, we're going to say maybe the Zoe Quinns of the world that just are very artistically pure and they just want to create something. It's like, I have an idea and I don't care about the commerciality of it as much as the purity of my idea, mm-hmm. you know, and there are a lot of developers like that in the world. On the other end of it, I run into a lot of people on the business end of it that Love to talk about, you know, like the monetization of how you bring in players, how much it costs, you know, what your schemes are to like bring in new players, what, you know, free to play, like scamming the apps, you know, app store ratings, and you run into a lot of marketer types that are exactly what this, you know, this op ed and Polygon is is blasting. And yeah, you know, I can say, like, with my studio, we from the very beginning tried to create a really intense story and you know the gameplay and the you know all the experience was at the very front of it there's probably a really great argument out there that we're going to be shooting ourselves in the foot by not having in-app purchases and you know probably not having a free version but i think this is a really fantastic op-ed in you know looking at the fact that a lot of the players out there the 98% of them that Will not pay for your game like they're telling you with their dollars. They just don't care about the product you're making, and I think that's
0: an eminently fair argument. I agreed with every word of this op-ed, and and also the point that you don't need to make two hundred million dollars in the app right. store if right. you're, if your costs are half a million or a million dollars. You and you make two million, then right. you're you're fine for your next game, and you don't need to chase the dragon in that regard. And I, I love the fact that he the the one quote that they pull out is Minecraft needs to be counted the F into the, every conversation about mobile success, because everybody tries to take Minecraft and kind of shove it off to the side because it's Minecraft, right. but Minecraft is charging $7 yep. for every download of that game, and it's constantly the only, the only paid game that's in the top charts because Mine. it provides a good experience that people are willing to pay $7 for and that that doesn't that shouldn't be discounted even though it often is in this conversation
1: it's hard for me as someone who before I was a developer I worked at GameSpot uh GameStop rather and to understand the kind of people that are making a lot of video game decisions and you know no offense to you and you, know, you Steve and you Georgia because you guys are parents but it is It was really astonishing to me on that job to see how little information a lot of the people making these game decisions really had. And I think when it comes to the app store, it's the same thing. We have a consumer that has been trained not to value software on mobile and to not value that experience and to not really think about the, the development costs or any of the, the, the factors around it. And I think it's a really frustrating situation. And I think Apple also has a role to play in kind of training the consumer that the value of a game on iOS is free. You
2: know? Well wait. I, th- I, think, I think actually yeah. that people have an inherent mistrust of free games at this point. And it's yeah. I agree yeah. with you that yeah. there's definitely some misunderstanding about how much games are worth and how much they really cost. And I think right. that's true for a lot of other art forms too. Music yeah. that, the list goes on. People yeah. don't really understand how to pay for things in the digital age. We're figuring it out. Um yeah. but free-to-play games like Candy Crush, like I just for Paste reviewed a game called Heroes of Atlan, which is a free-to-play microtransactions uh-huh. kind of game. Um, kind of hilarious <laughs> unintentionally for its microtransaction <laughs> uh, <laughs> implementation, shall we say. Right, right. Um, but uh, it it was kind of fun to play it and try not to spend any money? That was like another game, right? And I think that a lot of people who are downloading those free-to-play games are going into it with the same mindset that I had. Like, 95% of us are doing that, apparently. We're just like, how much enjoyment can I squeeze out of this game before it tricks me into spending money? Like, we're looking at it like it's not a piece of art, Mm -hmm. because it's not seeming like it is one you know what i mean like i it's not that's not to say that i don't think that that these games are art i really don't want to get into that argument right now (laughs) there actually is a lot of really beautiful work in heroes of atlan which only makes it more depressing that the game is trying to trick players in several spots into spending money and it's really obvious that it's trying to do that so i i guess i'm just like I think these games would be more successful if they cost $1 and if the microtransactions weren't mandatory, but they were implemented in ways that were respectful. And I think that's right. a conversation oh. that we're starting to have, but that people don't know how to have, because then, you know, you've got trolls charging in being like, well, do you think casinos are evil? Yeah. And then
0: oh. the conversation just games goes, yeah. goes yes, yeah.
3: straight to
2: the toilet because nobody it's... knows how to deal with it, right? <laughs> I mean...
3: I understand Brie exactly like your level of frustration, especially about, you know, someone I know how much you care about your game and put so much of your heart and soul into it. I think uh, I agree with Maddie, I think that the pendulum is starting to to swing the other way where people are becoming annoyed and feeling harassed during a game. When I'm in a game, I wanna be able to play it full route and I would much rather up be upfront, pay a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and even if I it's guess dollars. Right, I don't I just yeah, wanna know. As what long I'm as the getting. game is worth it. Yep. Right, yeah. right, and I think that Apple is a certain amount to blame in that they you know in, they started this ecosystem with you know g- making games so like you know ninety nine cents is such a cheap amount per games in comparison to consoles where we 'd spend sixty dollars per game, um, and some of them aren 't any better um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the pendulum's switching and that people are becoming more and more. I'm annoyed and frustrated with, like, I will stop any game that I need to pay for something in order to continue. I will pay for content, like, if there's extra levels or there's an ad oh, on sure. that, I am happy to have to pay to get another level to that, and I think that I I actually love the room. I think the game is just absolutely amazing, was happy to spend the money to pay for it, uh-huh. and it was fun, it was enjoyable, it wasn't frustrating, and they, they weren't trying to con me into, you know, paying for more things or You know, this is what you can do if you have this much, you know, pay me this much money or, you know, 99 cents for like 100 Smurf berries. And suddenly my kids have racked up a bill of like $5,000 in Smurf berries on my uh, iTunes. Yeah, I think
1: it's, I think it's, again, like, I am the sucker that I will buy any like, costume in a game, like, I'm the person that is why that happens, you know? And, I, I do and like that, I think too. there's a
2: difference between aesthetic purchases and skill-based purchases, Well, though. that's my point, yeah.
1: Yeah. is as someone who has gone through and has done the... Like, we're doing our fourth beta this week with our endings for Rev 60 and, like, balancing it. We're balancing, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but in, in our game, um, the hardest mode is called girlfriend mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going through and playtesting girlfriend mode, finding out if it's so hard people can't actually beat it. And, like, the work that goes into getting that skill level ramped up and perfect so people have fun is... If you're charging people, then mistrust comes into that. And then mm-hmm. you're going, am I s- losing because I suck or mm-hmm. because they're trying to cheat me? And it yes. just ruins the entire experience.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've even had this, this thought go through my head with Hearthstone, which is probably like the least offensive of any of these games. Sure. And I'm still thinking to myself, well... I'm not paying for the cards, so maybe the the cards that I'm getting are not as good as the cards I would be getting if I just paid them twenty dollars. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, and you don't know, and that's hmm, the problem. That's you an don't, interesting question. You don't know because that article from from Gamasutra forever ago about Candy Crush, yeah. pretty much said that that as soon as you start paying, then the game changes and it becomes a lot less of a skill based game and a lot more of a money based game. I trust Blizzard. I'm pretty sure they're not doing that, but. There's always that little seeded doubt in the back of my head, like, maybe they are tweaking which cards I get. When, and maybe if I were just ponied up $20, maybe I get the cards that are actually for the class that I want to play and not the classes that I'm not playing.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. I I guess I see it as a developer. Like, people always complain about costume packs, how they're free to make as, you know, a 3D artist. I know how much work actually goes into a costume and, you know, adapting the rigs for it, getting the textures and the ZBrush pass ready to go. So, like, with Hearthstone, when I I bought that, it's like, oh, here, I have a bunch of friends at Blizzard, and I'm delighted to give my friends $20 for their development work here. I mean, I really see it as a tip of respect, you know, Uh, I think that makes me an outlier.
0: Yeah, the only reason I haven't spent money on cards is because I've b- been busy buying Diablo 3 over and over again. Right, over the platform, yeah. So. But, yeah. But, yeah.
3: But if you uh, if you give $20, you're really not giving it to your developer friends. They're getting paid whatever flat amount yeah, that's true, that they were but... going to get paid before. Blizzard gets fat, but they already have signed that you know non-compete uh, clause versus everyone else, right. so they're just going to be capped at their, you know, whatever amount oh. they made and then... You know, you're going to give that $20 so that one of the people at Blizzard gets to take their... It's too bad um, that there
2: isn't a way to you know. tip people, though, because I no. know that in other other art forms have sort of come up with ways around this. Like, I it, when it comes to selling music, I write music and I sell it, there's often a pay-what-you-want designation on different platforms. And games haven't quite embraced that, but I don't know if that would be something... How would we make sure
3: that it would go to the people that we wanted it to go to? I mean,
2: with music, it's a little easier. but And, and there are some indie yeah. game sales platforms that kind of let you do it, like Patreon. Yeah, I mean, the Humble
0: Bundle does that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Humble
2: Bundle does that. And mm-hmm. and I think in those situations, you do... Quote unquote, know where the money's going because the team is so small that there's nowhere else for it to go. And if it's independently published and developed, then there's only a couple people. (laughs) So then you know. But with something like Blizzard, it's a little trickier. Like, how do you support something where you really don't know where your money's going or how your purchase will be seen? Like, is Brie going to be seen as someone who really loves Hearthstone or is she going to be seen as somebody who can be tricked into microtransactions. Right, yeah, exactly. right. Like how will she be broken down in the meeting that they all have where they talk right. about how their fans are playing their game?
1: I also feel honor right. bound to like, say like Georgia, like every, you know, like I don't feel bad giving the money to Blizzard. I mean, a right. copy of Maya, like how much do you think I spend on Maya a year? How much do you think that costs me?
3: Oh goodness. No, I
2: just no take clue. a guess. I didn't know. Just I didn't know if there was a test bag with, just full of diamonds, just a full bag. <laughs> just just like one of those it.
0: cartoon sacks of cash from like yeah, Popeye. with a little. No, dollars
2: really. dollars yes, I call
1: How much rent? do you think? Like Photoshop used to be, what was it? Five hundred dollars to just buy it. How much I do you think, think it I was? Spend like seven hundred dollars for, for okay. Photoshop. Okay. How now. much do you think Maya is? Over a thousand dollars for sure. M- Maya is four thousand oh, dollars a year. Oh my goodness. A year. You know, and then you have ZBrush. Um, I can tell you with next year at GSK, we're going to be looking at, you know, giving our people, like, health care. We're going to look at, you know, we're hopefully going to have two parents on staff. I'm going to be trying to give them a daycare subsidy. I don't feel bad paying Blizzard that money because the overhead for running a game dev studio is Nightmarish, and like there are huge costs there. So I don't know. I feel like people, you know, also engineers are paid pretty well in game dev. You know, so
0: like the, the game bros are buying Call of Duty, which subsidizes it. So it's right. that good. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. I think. I think. In. I think when you actually are a developer and you're doing this stuff every day, I think you just get a different perspective on it. Like I'm so oblivious to writing checks of thousands of dollars at this point. I just don't even think about it anymore. It's so expensive. $20 is game. like a blink for you. Yeah, right?
0: It's in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: fair. You know, it's a fair yeah. point. Yeah.
0: All right. So should we yeah. uh, kind of start to wrap it up and talk about what we're playing this week before we go? Yeah. So uh, do you want to start this week?
2: Yeah, sure. Um I've actually been taking a break from Final Fantasy 10 since last week. <gasps> I know. Well, my boyfriend's out of town and I've kind of been playing it with him watching cuz he's never played it before. Oh. So we've been watching the cutscenes together and sort of trading off grinding duty. And um, he's gone, so I'm taking a break. I'm not going to advance the story without him. And I've been playing a bunch of 3DS stuff. I've been replaying Metroid Fusion. I've been playing all of my backlog of little 3DS games that I got because I'm part of Nintendo's You Bought a 3DS Really Early program. (laughs) So I still have a bunch of free games from that. So I've been playing Kirby and the Amazing Mirror a lot. And that game is the weirdest Kirby game. Have y'all played that one? (laughs) No I think no. I missed no. that one a Kirby game Where Kirby travels Through mirrors And so there are just Seemingly infinite levels And seemingly infinite Power ups for Kirby And you can get lost Really easily And uh, f- a friend of mine Saw me playing it This weekend And he was like I could never complete That game Because I got lost I just got lost. (laughs) And I was like, this is terrifying. Am I ever going to make it out of here? So I'm I'm sort of like in a mirror within a mirror within a mirror. And there's like four different Kirby's that I can switch between. And it's... Maddie, you're getting me stressed. It's, I know, it's like right? the most stressful Kirby game I've ever played. No, it it's is. like wow. the souls oh, I'm, I'm of Kirby completely games. kidding. It's not stressful at all. Um, Kirby's adorable, and he jumps, and he throws his arms in the air, and it's just adorable. So, yeah. Uh, spoiler,
1: <laughs> does he have a sword in this one?
2: He has a sword. He has okay. a little tiny sword if he eats a certain kind of knight, and he has a bigger sword if he eats a different kind of knight, and so forth. He has many different fire-related power-ups. I like the one where he turns into a wheel, and he can just... I'm, why am I talking about Kirby? I'm sorry, everyone.
1: <laughs> I judge you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway, I, I've also been playing Metroid Fusion, which is a game yeah. that um, is
0: really that weird
2: game. to replay after other M has come out. Yeah, I think if, it, yeah. I think people will find that if they go back and play that again after having played other M, it is like painfully obvious what sakamoto wanted to do with samus and i i think i've i mean i've said publicly before i don't really agree with his interpretation of her character um and he wrote <laughs> he wrote uh, other m and he also wrote fusion and he wrote wrote in quotes i guess super metroid because there's not really dialogue in that per se um but he did the story design for it uh but i i think fusion gameplay wise It's okay. It's probably not my favorite Metroid, but it has been really really interesting to, well, uh, this is going to make me sound like such a jerk. I'm surprised by how easy it is (laughs) in comparison to like Super Metroid or the original Metroid. It is kind of weird how how straightforward it feels in comparison to those that I've played more recently.
1: I guess I'm also replaying Metroid Fusion and I think um, I don't know I think they evolved on the Super Metroid formula just a bit and it feels fresh and innovative to me I mean it's fun don't get me wrong I like it I also think it has a the story isn't great, but no, it's it <laughs> a lot more of a story than your typical Metroid games. So. Yeah. I, I yeah. guess I'm
2: like, I don't really need a story in my Metroid games, but that's just right. me. I'm cool with just it being Samus exploring a space and having the atmosphere and the music and the world be the story. Right. And um, having a Samus who talks a lot is weird to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that is yeah.
2: very much what Fusion is. And it's sort of like the beginning of that version of Samus. But it's still been really cool to go back and check it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, as a PSA, uh, Club Nintendo has Super Metroid as one of the downloadable games for coins this month. By the way, yes. what? So I just, da- yeah. I so I just downloaded that for the Wii U. My yeah, biggest I mean, uh, copy. That's going to that. be part of my. <laughs> that's going to be part of my oldest daughter's uh, video game education. Oh my gosh! In the it's so weeks.
1: good. Oh.
0: yeah. You, oh, yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: I have nothing further I, to add. <laughs> I, I will.
0: I will report back once we're once we're going Excellent. through that.
2: Excellent. I hope she has a great time.
0: I, I think she is because she she really liked Link to the Past, so I think this oh, is like the next logical step. Yeah. And so I'm really I'm really looking forward. This to, is like to, showing amazing that to, her.
3: to have kids, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get to replay the games you loved. Yeah. I,
1: I'm telling you, I was having when I was having barbecue with Steve yesterday. His daughter did nothing the whole oh. time except play on her 3DS like she was a zombie, <laughs> and I was so proud of her. I was so proud it's of her. Good like, her. Yes, it's good for it's good for Good job. Don't talk to adults. Sit there and play that 3DS. You're doing the right call.
0: That's why we bought so, it for her, so she yeah. didn't have to talk to adults.
1: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're a good dad.
0: <laughs> uh, some some might say that. Somebody. Might, might, my parents might not bought so me much. my
2: Game Boy so that I didn't have to talk to adults, and I appreciated it. <laughs> All,
0: right. Oh. <laughs> All right, Georgia, you want to go next?
3: Well, this one might seem a, I don't know a little bit dry, but I've been playing a dark room. It's a minimalistic text based. Oh. Um, adventure game, which is kind of like choose your own adventure, and you oh, just read game. the text and then you make...
0: I love that game. <laughs> Do you love... Okay, well... Okay,
3: love <laughs>
0: I've never even heard of it. I've been seeing it in the top charts and I've been wondering what it is.
3: Huh. It's Yeah, it's really, really a, a small game, and I said, you know what, I, I've heard some interesting things about the storyline and the play on why people make what choices, which is intriguing to me as a psychotherapist, so um, I thought it was really, really fun. Um, and so you have to kind of get into it. It is a little bit slow. This is not for if you're in the mood to like destroy things. This is not going to be a game no. for you right now. And then on my um arcade, I've been playing a Japanese Tetris game called a Tetris Battlegate and it's a game where you get to you're playing Tetris against someone else and you're casting spells against each other which is br- just brilliantly fun. If you like Tetris, this game is amazing. It's just so oh. much fun. And that's it's a really old game like I don't know. So I
1: have a question for 15 you. Fifteen years. I have a question sure. for you. Uh, this week there was a story that came out. It was blah blah blah. Biggest arcade in the world. <laughs> and uh, I was going through it. And I was looking at pictures of this arcade. And I found out in 1992 they put out a GI Joe game for arcade. And my question for you is like when that when when like can you get like roms of that and play it at your house how does that work like yeah
3: yeah you can update your MAME and, oh. and uh you can have all kinds it's it's really it's it's kind of fun to be able to play all your retro and uh not so retro games and be able to have them there it's not as um, authentic as if you play it with a full circuit board of what the game is supposed to be right. but it's it's pretty cool and there's a lot of like buggy kind of things and you have to check out different things but uh yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty neat game that I used to play long ago, and it, it's kind of fun. So any game you really, you
1: know, you feel like Pac-Man, you can, you can play Pac-Man. I'm going to so get one of those for my house. This <laughs> it's going to be great.
3: It's kind of fun. Yeah,
2: <laughs> You can play, like, Rampart and stuff.
1: Oh,
0: I, love I like Rampart. how there yeah. is
2: one thing that breed doesn't have yet, and it's this. <laughs>
0: It's, she has yeah, she cool. has six Some
2: PlayStation place. eyes,
1: but she doesn't. Yeah, know. I know, right? I made bad choices. for Virtual, <laughs> virtual boy,
2: yeah. and you PlayStation can trade or. in five of your PlayStation yeah. eyes for.
1: I'll, I'll take, it take it to GameStop. One up. Yeah, we'll see. There we go. If, we'll if That'll we can do it. Something.
0: All right, so Bree, what are you not? What are you playing? Not on your name that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've talked so much smack about Nintendo, like, on the internet and in person Uh-oh. and everywhere. That's why I'm, I'm so embarrassed to say I've literally played 15 hours of Pokemon X this week. <laughs> it's so I, I have finally so, corrupted I think her. that
3: that's only cool everyone, like... There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's probably pretty cool. I don't think anyone's going to be judging. Well, I mean, I, just played, like, I also
1: play Nintendo games all week, apparently, so. Right. You know, we're all... <laughs> we're all and I've apparently Nintendo put things. 40 hours into right, that game, right. so... No, I'm just amazed by, it's because they finally brought out a, um, you know, a, a Pokemon game, but it's made with the tools I use professionally, like 3D, mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool to look at it and see like, oh, look at how they did this anim set here. Look at the joint structure that they did for this Pokemon. So it's, it's finally produced a level where I'm, I'm technically impressed with it, like with the technical job mm. that they've done. Um, and I'm just, and because they've kind of got it to a point where the production values are high enough that I feel like it's worth exploring, um, I've been understanding like the, the rules of how you actually play a Pokemon, because I've only played like an hour or two of every other one, and I'm just... Hmm amazed with how hardcore an rpg this is i'm so
3: intrigued brie by you being a developer and playing a game with the certain things that would not bother anyone else but must bug you to death in seeing it it does
1: being a professional developer will ruin your ability to enjoy (laughs) games because i tell you there's no one else besides developers like maddie did you play dragon age 2 i did. Okay, when you were playing Dragon Age 2, were you looking at um, the armor and going, wow, they really need to bump had, the... We had a conversation yeah. about this yeah. like pretty
2: early on <laughs> in our friendship, and yeah. I was completely impressed. Not that I'm ever not impressed by you, but you were talking about the textures and how the over- armor overlapped. and Right, the <laughs> joint
1: influence yep. level over it and the, the, the weight painting of it, and it's just... It ruins your ability to enjoy these games because you're it just picking out work. of the game. E,
0: but <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, <laughs> no, we have I the don't. same thing with XCOM when XCOM when XCOM came out for the <laughs> iPad, and and we're talking about it, and and Bree's like, "What do you think about?" it? I'm like, "Oh, it's fine." It's like, but you don't this uh, this and that doesn't bother you and the shaders and and the other thing. I'm like, no, I'm looking at an iPad too. It's fuzzy no matter what. It looks fine. Oh, <laughs> they, run X, they they implemented scale form for that game,
1: which just killed the frame rate, and they had to take out half the bones in the face, and it's just ruined it. It makes me very angry. I'm
0: like, okay, I got XCOM on my iPad. Great, hooray. <laughs>
3: it, it, I I I love how that completely changes the atmosphere of being
1: able to just enjoy a game yeah
3: there are some there are some better benefits to being ignorant
1: well see i would imagine for you being a psychotherapist like don't you just yeah. talk to humans like are you you know there deconstructing are things, us there's
3: definitely yeah there's right. definitely things i'd be like there's no way that someone would have done that that's that that would have never happened that that is does happen but right you know yeah. I I totally get that. But I think that it's interesting because that's not a part of the world that I get to see. Uh And uh, it is true that, you know, your knowledge will influence the way that you look at the things that you interact with and especially the ones that you're constantly, you know, that that's your skill. Right. And you're like, that that was that would have been like, you know, three lines of code. (laughs) Why wouldn't have they done that? Georgia, I
2: really (laughs) want you to come back next week with a psychoanalysis of all the characters in Dragon Age 2. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i want i want her to psychoanalyze the people that wrote other m Be- i really want to know what's going on i with want them. you to
2: i want you to play other m and, and then come back and talk about ptsd and whether or not samus's ptsd in that game is accurate because i actually don't know I, whether it is but i have a feeling it's not so
3: <laughs> i would love to i haven't play. It. i have to i'd have to play it
2: i'd have don't to don't play, play it <laughs> though is the thing don't play it all <laughs> it's not a very fun okay game. I oh well well,
0: oh, well. I, I will just say Brie, as a self-proclaimed Pokemon nerd who has played pretty much every game in the series ever this is actually they actually did some strategic things too in the game that make it a lot easier and more and more accessible like the experience share that you yeah, get right away compared to yeah. makes past a huge Pokemon's. difference because like <laughs> a lot of that a lot of the earlier games is just switching a Pokemon who sucks. Out into the front of your party, yep. and then letting him get beat on for a turn, so you can swap him out, so he can get half the experience. Yeah, cool. and it's just a lot of shuffling around Pokemon, and a lot of like not. There's a lot of strategy in the game, but there's also a lot of mindless strategy in the game, and they took a lot of that out with X and Y, and it makes it a lot more fun. Cool. Like this is, I've enjoyed this game a lot more than any any Pokemon game that I've played, and I've played, I think I've played just about every one except for some of the remakes. Cool. So this is. This is easily the best Pokemon. I mean, I've I've got I think forty hours into it now. So
1: Wow, yeah. Well, I was I was texting Steve before the show and he's gonna give me a bunch of Pokemon after we <laughs> finish recording. So that's the level <laughs> that I'm at. So. This is like Come the on, inverse Steve. of when I started playing yeah. Final Fantasy
0: Tactics and I get this whole like slew of messages, do this and do that and suicide this move, and I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means, but I'm starring it all now because I know I'm gonna need it in about a month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what are you playing, Steve?
0: All right. So the, the Humble Bundle's been doing, their Humble Store, whatever it is, has been doing a, a whole bunch of sales over the past week. So they did a flash sale on Octodad. So I picked that up. Awesome. And oh,
3: a lot of, I hear a lot of the kids are playing Octobad, too. Is, is it really as hilariously it, funny as, as people say? Let,
0: let, me, let me put it. Well, my, first of all, my daughter's been playing it with me, and, and it's completely fine for her. I mean, she's watching me play it. And I, I really want to love this game. So badly because it is so funny and the writing is really is really spot on and there are a lot of like clever video game references and it is so freaking frustrating <laughs> that I, oh. I I have I have gotten really close to throwing the mouse across the room. Wow! Like wow. it's it's a, so the whole concept is that you're this octopus who's dressed up as a as a person and for some reason he gets married and has a family and they never really quite. It's kind of like. Those old '80s sitcoms like *Alf*, or *Small World*, *Small Wonder*, or like *Out of This World* or whatever, where you have like the one family member who's like a robot or an alien or whatever. So he's an octopus and he's trying not to get found out that he's an octopus. So <laughs> he's doing all these normal things, or at least in the beginning, it's normal things like, oh, you have to make coffee. Well, you the way you move around is he's he has tentacles. So you
3: put. Does he look like an octopus? He, yeah, he looks does. like an octopus and he's but got he's like a tentacle suit.
0: over his over his mouth that looks like a mustache. And he's, like, got, like, two tentacles into each, like, arm of his suit. And so you, you move around by, like, holding down the left mouse button to move his left leg. And then you move that tentacle where you want it to go. And then you hold down the right mouse button to move his right leg. And you're just kind of alternating, moving back and forth. And then you can switch into, like, an arm mode where you're holding down the button to move his arm up and down and moving it around to grab it. And it's, it's intentionally really awkward because yeah. you're an octopus and the whole thing is you're an octopus and you're, <laughs> you know, trying to do normal things and that's fine when it's like normal things that you're doing and then i got into like the there's this whole thing where the his wife doesn't understand why he wouldn't want to go to an aquarium and <laughs> so he's he's in the aquarium and and it's fun. and then you have to like reunite your whole family in the aquarium but it's like doing things like well the escalator is going down going down and you need to go up and you need to run up the escalator with this crazy control scheme Oh. and it's like see
3: I, I don't think I can play a game any at the, at my age now I'm like I, I don't want to play a game that stresses me yeah out exactly
0: right.
3: you know I'm not I'm past that I, I don't need to, to have a challenge to learn the controls yeah and
0: that that's the thing like I want to love this game and I, I'd love it if they just like let me just watch it and just watch as a cartoon because right. it's, it's so funny and it's, it's ridiculous in all the best ways. And there's, like, the sushi chef who comes out. He's like, I got you. And, and he's, like, the only one who knows that he's an octopus and, like, sets, like, traps for him in the back of the supermarket and stuff like that. Huh. But it's just, I can't. I, I try to play it, and I just want to throw the mouse across the room. So I, I want to I don't
1: understand it. why they didn't get that in a, um, you know, in a beta. I mean, yeah. they have to have run across that in beta I testing. I think that's, yeah. like,
2: the point of the game, though. Is
3: it
1: is the point of the difficult.
2: game. It's yeah. Um. It's you see that
3: might be funny for the connect because you would have to <laughs> yeah. do these strange movements. Yeah. Right. And that might be like you know a selling point that you you know you're getting exercise because you're acting so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and and there's like this you know and part of the time there are people who are watching you and the whole thing is you can't get caught like acting like an octopus. It kind of has some. <laughs> it kind of has some weird kind of social commentary there, like you know somebody who's different but is trying to pretend to be normal when other yeah. people are watching. And like, I have seen you can some really see-
2: cool essays written about the game. Yeah. Cool. On that topic.
0: Yeah, you could definitely think a lot about it, but it's just like as a game, it just frustrates the living hell out of me, and not in a good way. Not in a good <laughs> Wayward <laughs> Souls way that I enjoy, but you know, it's a uh, Right. So, it is, so if
2: our listeners like Dark Souls, but they really want to <laughs> laugh, they might enjoy Octodad.
1: There,
0: there you go. Yeah,
1: you know, I have a story about that developer. Um the so Octodad I turned, developer? The Octodad developer. I turned on my three D S this week, uh, and looked at all my street passes on there and That developer was in my street passes. Like he's like, hi, I'm the Octodad Dev. Like for his his statement up at the top of it. So I don't know if it was some party I went to and he was there and I had my 3ds in my purse, or I don't know if where I've run into this guy, but somehow I ran past him on the street. Well,
0: just watch out for random sushi chefs coming after you with nuts. <laughs> okay,
2: right. You probably didn't notice him. He was wearing a suit, and he had a mustache. <laughs> he just looked like a normal guy.
0: Do you remember anybody gurgling at you incomprehensibly? Ah, uh, your daughters yesterday? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. true.
2: Yeah.
0: All right.
3: Wait, are we saying that Steve is Octodad? Oh! <gasps>
1: Oh Oh my god That's why
2: this game is so frustrating for him Exactly I got PTSD from
0: watching the aquarium That's what it was (laughs) (laughs) All right. on that note I think we ought to to wrap it up So uh, you can visit our website If you get our show notes for all the links that we posted On this week's episode at isometricshow.com You can feel free to send us Email to feedback at Isometricshow.com You can follow us on twitter We're at isometricshow uh, and you can find me at at Wicked Good. Bree, where can people find you? Just
1: follow the sirens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I assume you mean like the Odyssean beautiful singing
1: of giant
2: space cat employees. <laughs> that's right. That's who will lure right. you that's in it. and then
1: destroy you. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Space
0: Cat Gal on Twitter. And uh, Maddie, where can people find you?
2: I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And,
3: and Georgia.
0: Yeah.
2: And you can can follow me. It's at
3: Georgia underscore down.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, thanks very much for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week. Have a great one.